episode seven of the Breaking Atoms podcast is here. Make some noise. Are we following on from the, the Black Panther? Oh, no. Black, Black Panther is just a way of life now. It's done. <laughs> it, 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 it's done, dude. It's done. Okay, so we're knee deep now in, in podcast seven in. I'm, you know, pretty excited. How are you doing? I'm, I'm well, man. I'm well. I'm I feel well. like I feel like I should ask. We should ask each other how we're doing at the beginning of each podcast. If if I cared enough, I would. Um, <laughs> no, but no. Let, let me let me flip that back on you. Let me flip that back on go you. On, how are on. you today? I am very well. How's family? Everything is well. And home? Th- that's it. Good. Everything's good. See, that's the sad thing. You know, people ask me stuff like, "How are you?" I say, "Good." How are things? Good. How's your weekend? Good. Because when people ask, they don't really care. Yeah, it's like a... It's a segue before they ask you what they really want from you. That could be part of our do's and don'ts of office life. Because that happens a lot in office. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Chris Mitchell. One half of the Anonymous Nerds. For this episode, my AKA is Young Glue Sniffer. Wow. (laughs) And I'm Summit, the other half of the Anonymous Nerds. uh, And my AKA, (laughs) Young Glue Sniffer. That's ridiculous. My AKA... Is uh, young sweet, young sweet, young sweet for the curling ah! Winter Olympics? Oh, listen, listen, listen! You, you, you need help. You need help. Today's Young's- episode. Today's episode. Yes. What are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about peer pressure, um, peer pressure that we have uh, faced, seen uh, as children, as adults, culturally. Uh, I think it's something that we should talk about. I think we have a lot to say on on the matter, and we can offer a unique perspective on it. Can I offer a disclaimer, please? This episode sounds like it's going to get deep. Yes. And I think we should go... Very deep. Deeper than Atlantis. How deep is your love? Your love. The R&B episode was like four episodes. Yeah, I know. And now you want to see. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But no, I think it will get in deep because, like I said, we have a unique perspective. um, And this is what the podcast is all about. It's about breaking down um, things like peer pressure, um, social media, you know, social anxiety, movies. This mm. is what the essence of the podcast is all about. Breaking it down to the very last compound. Which I, lo- I love that. You should be a rapper. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe people would actually listen to me if I did rap. <laughs> who knows? It's an idea. But no, we want to thank everyone uh, who listened to the previous episode. We could re- reel out a long list, but I'm not going to. Yeah, we ain't got time for that. You're not paying for the studio. What? No, don't do that. That's just... It's just jokes. We ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, you know, you're you're pressuring people now, aren't you now, Chris? <laughs> you're pressuring people now, Chris. This is unacceptable. Um, so, yeah, peer pressure. Um, I guess a good place to start would be almost a kind of definition uh, and then peer pressure as children. Okay, so being a, a, a wordsmith, um, I pulled up the dictionary.com definition. Webster's Dictionary defines... Yes. So peer pressure is defined as social pressure by members of one's peer group to take a certain action, adopt certain values, or otherwise conform in order to be accepted. Okay. Tadow. Tadow. And so, uh, young glue sniffer. Yes. Um, as a child, uh, what kind of uh, peer pressure did you experience or observed uh, or kind of were kind of taken into? There's one example that I can remember particularly. <laughs> it's going to be crazy for me mm-hmm. to say this. It's, uh, I actually took a pull of a cigarette. Okay. So I was in school, in secondary school. This is when I was first exposed to members of my peer group smoking cigarettes and, and other things. It's, right. it's, no, it's actually worth mentioning, right, that my earliest uh, experiences of peer pressure was when the schools and the teachers were saying, 
not to do certain things. Right. They would often say, you know what? If your friend walked off a cliff or jumped off a bridge, you wouldn't do it too. So don't go on. Don't go and play on the train tracks because once upon a time that was the thing. People used to go and play. Yeah, on the yeah, train definitely, tracks, definitely. And don't sniff the glue. So as young glue sniffer, right? <laughs> I, I, the name would suggest I didn't take their advice, but I did. But word on the street is mm-hmm. back in the day. Remember the UHU glue? Yeah. If you sniff that glue, you are on the moon, bruv. Prick stick and yeah, bro. Yeah. I know people put prick sticks up their nostrils and all. No sorts, way. I'm, I'm joking, but you can imagine the prick stick was like you know quite miniature at the time. Yeah, so. quite miniature. They're, the, they're, they're not the industrial size prick stick. That's a big nostril. Industrial right size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, because you know, I observed a lot of peer pressure. A lot of it came into bullying. A lot of it was like you know that kind of group of. It's that kind of initiation. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's kind of gang groups, there's cliques. You've got to do this to be part of the group. Yeah. And you'd see a lot of people do that. Like, I don't smoke or drink. Um, and often, something I'm almost proud of looking back now while even s- saying this is, I didn't succumb to that. Like, I didn't succumb to if someone gave me a cigarette, you want to smoke? No. Mm. I-, I took I took a pull of a cigarette. Yeah. I, I was like 15. I think maybe it was just... I'm maybe scared of like, what if my family found out or something? Like- Dude, I was just scared. Of, I was just not scared. I was tired of people asking me like, "Oh, do you smoke? You got a cigarette?" I said, "Let me just take a pull of this cigarette and just be and done with it." What- Dude, I took mm. a pull of the cigarette. I said, "This is nasty." I have not put a cigarette back in my mouth since. Yeah, no, I, I, I just always felt like a thing of going no, mm. right? So I grew up in a council estate. Some substances were consumed by people I was around, and I never partook in that mm. and i always felt like that kind of gave me a grand but then i you know maybe different or you know maybe i think i'm lying i don't know but i don't believe a word of you yeah no one's going to no one's gonna go oh yeah i was around <laughs> weed and i did you. not take any i've never smoked weed no and, I, I, and as a jamaican man i'm like they they, they should put me in a museum because <laughs> i hate the smell of weed dude that's what it, it, i don't smoke weed never have i've never been tempted to but it also plays on to another point is that you know sometimes you don't feel the pressure when it's something that you're not particularly into. Right. Because, you know, as kids, in, and we're talking about primary school, so we're probably talking about from, what, six, yeah. seven, Back eight? When, when Margaret Thatcher was giving us milk. Margaret Thatcher. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, rem- I remember, I may be a bit too young for that. I was probably John Major in that era when I was in primary school, mm-hmm. probably. Hold tight, John Major. No. No. But as we get into t- into um, our teenage years, it slightly shifts a little bit. Yeah. So now we're in high school. Mm-hmm. Now it's a whole different type of peer pressure. A bit more freedom. We've got some money in our pocket. Yeah. And then there's also the peer pressure to do with relationships, mm. with girls, mm-hmm. with snapping. I used to be a big snapper, right? So when snapper. I say snapper, I should rephrase that. So basically, what when people. What you grew up in? Yo. No one could outsnap me. You're talking about snap the card game? No. I mean, like, jokes. Oh, snapping on people. Snapping on people. Okay. So in, in, in high school, now, as a, as primary school kid, I was a very goody two-shoes. I love my merits, my house points. I was mm. a big goody what two-shoes. Sound like something from jail. <laughs> what do you mean house points? Don't point? you remember house points? Merits. No, no. Do you remember merits? You just get five merits and you get, like, a little smiley face. No, we never had that in my school. Yay! In fairness, primary school, we had what you called the black F. What was the black F? So if you did a really good piece of work, you got a black F. But when you think about it, no, how is that? Why is black F? F? Because F for Furness Primary School. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Not that as a fail. No, it sounds quite sinister now. When you right. Think about it. Yeah. Black F. Who came up with that? I, I mean, we no had idea. a black head teacher. Maybe that's why. Me- <laughs> and he was a boxer. Oh, was he? Form, I, word on the street was a former boxer. Oh. So shout out to Mr. Tony Bent. Um, yeah. One of the first black head teachers. In, pri- in primary school, I think I stayed away from all that nonsense because I was very much into sports. 
and you were shook of your parents if they found And I was shook of my parents and my brothers, yeah, definitely. Because the ethnic form of discipline wasn't, you know, a smack on the wrist and you but go upstairs. I'll be honest with you, I never got hit when I was a kid by my parents. Boy. I'm going to be... Now, word, word to mother. Listen, you grew up in paradise then. Yeah, no, I never got hit by my parents. Bruv. I even go share some stories because some people ain't here to defend themselves right now. No, of course, but <laughs> but I was very much into, into sports. As I got to high school, then it became more about girls. Right. And I stopped, I, I sacrificed... All the football, the running, because I used to be relay runner. I used to be one of the fastest in, like, the, the sprinters in the area. I was top five dead or alive. Really? Yes, bruv. Oh, man. I was the Usain Bolt. No, no, no. That no, final no. leg. Oh, you got photos? Got records, bro. All right, I need to see pictures. Rec- All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Breaking Atoms Podcast, you heard it here. We need proof. We need photographic evidence of Summit's supposed... Glory days now, on the track and field. Now, this is a complete sidebar, but I want to put this in because I think this is poignant, right? The one time I lost, right? And I should have made it. And this is this is always stuck with me ever since I was in year five. So what are we talking about? Maybe 10? So it was a race. It's a final. It was Southall Area Sports. So all the other schools in the area come and we race. And for some reason, not, no idea why, I'm running and I'm hitting like the last 30, 40 meters. Like you were and running from police? No, I used to run like Linford Christie. Like, you know the face he used to make? Like he was in a zone? I swear he was holding his breath when he was running. I have no idea. Okay. But you know his face? That was me. Like literally, uh, I used to do that. I used to be in a zone. I'd see nothing but the finish line. That's why Linford Christie is on my idol. Like I love Linford Christie. Right. So anyway, 20, 30 meters. For some reason, I'm catching up. I'm second. I'm catching up. For some stupid reason, I look behind me. And I have no idea, no earthly reason why I look behind me. I end up coming fourth. I qualify because I get the into the county, like Middlesex County, because I got the fastest time. But that stuck with me because I always, it always reminded me of the fact that the fact that I look behind me as opposed to in front of me, I lost my way. So I now apply that to every part of my life. <laughs> that's real. I appreciate that. No, I do deep. not. That's deep. That's Yo. Deep. <laughs> you, you, sound like, you sound like one of them um, self-help tapes. Tony Robbins, yeah? Yeah, I, I don't really mess with those people. So, you know. look. I hear if, what you're saying. If though, I so was looking good. ahead and fo- if I was focused on my race as opposed to people coming up behind me, mm-hmm. I would have either got first or second and I'd have been fine and gone to the county championships and run the thing rather than being a sub. And because I had a momentary lapse of looking behind me, not concentrating on myself, but concentrating on others. Where you made out to be a failure to the community? No. Okay. That's no. Good. You could, it could have been worse, bro. It could have been worse, but I just wanted to have that sidebar. But yeah. I appreciate it. I but appreciate it. As we get into, into teenage years, it becomes more, we're in impressionable years now. Now, smoking and all those things come more prominent. Mm-hmm. Did you get? Did you partake in anything in like in your teenage years in high school that was particularly like? Oh, I, I can't believe I did that. Anything? Any regrets? Um, the pull of the cigarette was whack. I carried a weapon for like half a day. I did. Yeah, um, I did too. I don't know. I when I say a weapon, a knife. Um, I did. Because you know, when you say a weapon, right? I wasn't walking around here with the AK forty-seven. No, <laughs> but um, yeah, I carried a knife for like half a day, and I don't know why because I didn't need it. Um, I wasn't in a situation where I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't in a situation where I was prepared to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember one day, uh, I just had an epiphany. 
and I heard a voice and I don't mean I don't want it to sound like you know it was Moses in the Ten Commandments type type joint but I just I just said to myself if you're gonna go somewhere where you need to carry a knife it's better you don't go basically because you don't want to use this and if you use it you're gonna get in trouble and your life is not that serious it's your life is really just cola bottles and Nintendo games so relax and I remember just throwing it in a bush yeah and never seeing it again in high school looking back now right i was popular mm-hmm. um and people used to hate on me because i was you know very bubbly i used well, to did ha- you have lots of haters man people I, hating on you no, man I, I used to have hating on the swag no not the swag but they used to hate on me because i was very bubbly i was quite quick-witted um i used to slap on people so they'll try it and and i was like the class clown right right that was me i was the class clown and one thing that I didn't realize until I got older was actually I was being paid pressured unconsciously to be that guy, to take the mick out of people, to make the jokes, to... And, you know, I don't get me wrong, I may take the mick out of someone, but if you're about to have a fight with someone, I'm stepping in for you. Mm. But somehow I manifested whatever I was going through at that time to my defense mechanisms to go oh i want to i want to hold i want to shy away and hold back what i've got my 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 problems my issues that i have with my own insecurities and i'm gonna project it onto you and take the piss out of you yeah i i, I did that a lot i, I did was, that I, a lot yeah, i was a class count i was a class count for a bit and you know it was to the point where I, it was hard for me to be taken seriously at right. times because i was always seen as the person to provide the entertainment and you almost become like a a, a caricature yeah you're literally a character. Yeah, I was a character. Yeah, and you have you have very little else, very little else to offer. In high school, I was like, I look back and I go, "Wow, if I have kids and they're like that, yo, I fail." Like, because you have to go. Look, don't be wrong. And we will talk about this about whether good peer pressure and all these things are good or bad. But I'm gonna touch upon it now. You have to go through these things in order to make that change, right? Okay. So. I'm not. I'm not in my head. So you have to go through things, good or bad, because those things make you who you are today. Now, some people can either take it on themselves, make a burden, and they can go into the shell. Whereas other people can also take that and go, "Man, I, I got to own that." And right now, I got to make a different change. I got. I don't want to be like that anymore. And I look back and I go, in when I went to university and in my twenties and in my thirties. My high school years always is my moral compass to go, no, I'm not going to be like that. A couple of episodes ago, I talked about, you know, stepping and getting someone off the train. High school, I may have done that, but I'm a, I've actually might have been too, I may have not had the courage to do that. I might have been too much of a class clown. And you have to go through these experiences in order to go, hey, I need to change that. Speaking like uh, I saw Chris Rock's special, Tambourine, mm-hmm. right? It was good. Part of it I don't agree with, mm-hmm. but actually, if I look back and step away from my opinions of it, I think actually it's a very well done special, right? He's oh. always been on point, though. Yes, but this is different. This is adult Chris teaching us about life. Not, I'm always going to Jay-Z, because I love my Jay-Z. What's up, Hover? You know, Jay-Z, I, I, throw I, up I, the rock and that. But I, this, I read something that he said about uh, about enda- like endangered species, something like men, and something about men only being loved based on what they can provide, or yes, something like that. Yes, that's so real. He's that's what I'm saying. He 
why I'm referencing Jay Z is because it was raw. It was. It's for me. I've seen a couple of Chris Rock specials, but this is not what I expected from Chris Rock. I almost expect it slightly from Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle will talk about these issues and make it funny. Well, <laughs> but it's a series of like it's like something. Oh, that's just hit me, and that's what I felt about the Chris Rock special. He was saying things that hit me like, oh, like again tangent, but. The thing about him cheating on his wife and that they're divorced, he said men are always looking for something new. And, you know, we, could talk, we can link it to, to peer pressure here. Mm-hmm. We're pressurized to look for something new. Look at all the shows we watch, all the movies we watch. You know how much infidelity is just normalized? Mm. You could look at, damn, you could look at friends. How I met your mother. It's normalized. You just kiss a girl, even with someone. Mm. It's normalized. Was there infidelity in friends? Well, we were on a break. Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah. We you know, that. and that was a that was a running joke for a few right. seasons, right? But yeah. but what, he, what Chris Rock says about how that affected the woman is going. We're as men, we're always looking for something new. And then so when he, you, he's divorced his wife now, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looked back and went, "Well, now I've made my wife new, but not a good new. She's different now. We were looking for something new, and we got something new, but in a different way. It's a bad new because mm. now she's different. Now she's not trusting now." Now she's looking at you all differently. Now she look at all men differently. Now her guard is up. And now you just created something based on some impulse when you're on the road. Mm. Right? Mm. And that is, that's different. But yeah. Boy, you need to open up a, a church or something. I told you, you'll pass the TD break. <laughs> so we come from um, two different cultures, but in some ways are very similar. Yep. In in the way in which they deal with pressure and peer pressure, um, so we can even look at what well, we've looked at. You know, we've touched upon peer pressure as children, teenagers. We'll go on to adults, but what about peer pressure from parents? The competition factor. Mm-hmm. So when I was growing up, oftentimes I grew up in the church, right? And my church was, you know, predominantly Jamaican. So oftentimes people would go to Jamaica. For holidays or you know for missionary stuff and they'll they'd come back and what what used to really jar me as a kid they come back and say oh you know the kids in jamaica oh my god they're so awesome they're doing this they're doing that they go to church for 12 hours every day what are you guys doing you guys need to do better and i'm sitting there thinking hold on these kids in jamaica ain't got playstation <laughs> All they've got is a big open field Of course they're going to run around they've got, they've got less stuff to do We're the ones with the distractions Right. Uh, sometimes your parents would come up to you And be like Oh you know So and so son or daughter is doing this mm. And they wouldn't necessarily say Oh you know what What are you doing But it was kind of like It put a bit of pressure on you It like, put the pressure Of course it does they're feeling the pressure From their peers Too mm. because Parenting is competitive. Yes. Right? And I'm not just talking about the social media era where, you know, people would be putting up pictures of their kids and, you know what, more power to them and whatnot. But parenting is competitive. My mum told me a story uh, that someone came up to her Mm. when she was out and asked her, oh, how's Christopher doing? And she was like, oh, you know, know, he's doing well. Well, my daughter is doing so-and-so and and she works so-and-so and she works at this place. And then my mum said to me, you know what, she wasn't very concerned with what you were doing or how you were doing she just wanted an opportunity an opportunity to talk about what her kids were doing um and you know that's just one example of of parental parental peer pressure you know they go to parents evening your child isn't doing well they speak to their friends or you know they you know before the era of the soccer mom 
or you know, you know, the yummy mummies. You know, then they hear what's about that, oh, you what's, know, what, what, sorry, what was that? Yummy mummy. What's that? It's like an older woman with kids who looks half decent. Sometimes they call them milfs. They all live in Crouch Inn. Oh god. Or Muswell Hill. Oh god. Okay. Yeah. So moving swiftly on. Yeah. So basically, you know, my, uh, you know, Sebastian is doing this and he plays the violin. Sebastian, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the, I use that word a lot. All that name. Um. <laughs> yeah. So Sebastian, he's playing the violin. Um, and he's a zoologist in India where Leroy, you know, just got a job at the local patty store and he's behind in child support. It's, it's, not, a, it's not much of a comparison. See, that's interesting because I wasn't necessarily aware of that in the Asian community, in the Indian community, in the Asian community. I'll, I'll broaden it. I'm Indian, but I'll kind of broaden it. Um, in majority of the community, that competitiveness that you just subscri- described is apparent. It's knee deep. Like it's like as soon as your kid is born, there is comparisons made, and you'll have that throughout your life. But comparisons to who? To other kids. To but you're just born. Yeah, they'll compare. So they're gonna say, "Oh, this this his head bigger than this one." How how much did he weigh? How much did she weigh? Oh, we have that too. We have that too. Like th- that the that the comparison starts from the moment you're born. Yeah. Now, I I always say I said this to my wife when I first met her. I am not your average Asian, mm-hmm. right? And she thought it was some sort of stupid line, in it? Like, I'm not your average Joe Stewart, you know what I mean? I'm not your average Asian because I don't subscribe and, and I think it's because of my upbringing. I never really found my parents ever to be comparing me or my siblings to other kids. Yeah. And I think I'm lucky in that because what I did observe... From family, fam, fam, you know, family friends, friends and their families, is that it, it's rife. Yeah, my parents, my parents, to 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 give them credit, didn't really pressure me. Like for example, in in I would say there's a similarity in our community that you know you have to have a career in a certain field. Oftentimes, you you know people will push you into you know the sciences, yeah, or to or into law. But my mum was like, well, you know, you're good with words. Why don't you do journalism? Yes. Like in my community, people are thinking, oh, you're journalism. You're, you know, you do journalism. You're going to write for a newspaper, yeah, and and that kind of thing. But my parents just like, look, do what you want to do, but as long as you're good at it and and happy. But I felt the pressure from the people on the in the community right 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 and then and, the community. and then what they would say what they, and and that's sad because all, all that ends up doing is when you're under pressure you're on the defensive when yeah. you're on the defensive you take a defensive stance and they're also watching your pockets yes and, and everyone's always watching everyone is watching your pockets it's like but that is it's first thing people ask what does he do what does she do because mm. they want to know uh, you know but what then, point, and so they then can compare. Like it's as stupid as like, what phone do you have? Yeah, but dude, it's almost like I hear everything you're saying, but it, it makes me sad because it's almost saying that what you do defines you as a person. It's just a part of who you are. Yes, exactly. But sadly, and it comes back from maybe the old country or maybe the fact they got nothing else better to do. They have to compare because it validates their life. Also, what 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 you need did he go to? Does he have a degree? Does he have a degree? Well, you know, let's not let's not be let's not come across as being sexist. What? Because you know, women have their peer pressure issues. Of course, well. they do. They so, do. So you know, they it, for them it would probably be like, okay, so you know, what does she look like? What does she look like? You know, you know, in the Asian community, has she been married before? Is that a thing? Yo, if she's been married before, yeah, she's a write off. Yeah, write off. Yeah, she's a write off. But in our communities, divorce is. I think the numbers are quite low. 
even though I when feel they're so un- unhappy, a lot, yeah, but there's so many unhappy people, but the divorce rates are low. Yeah, they so are then low. to turn around and ask someone, "Have you been married before?" You would have known. But you know why they're low? Because the pressure. Yeah, because it's a thing you're frowned upon. Your your what's the word we used in when I went to retail? Damage sto- damage goods. Goods. Yeah. You uh, Indian women, especially especially older. I mean, probably changing more and more because the generations here live in here and and we. You know, assimilating their custom to the fact that you're your own person. But if you look at the the parents' generation, they're not separating. Mm. Even, if they're, even if they're unhappy, no, they're not doing it. Yeah. It could be domestic abuse. It could be dude, anything. It's, same, it's not happening. It's the same in my community, dude. Like I've heard some stories, and then I'm starting to think. You know, the loyalty is it loyalty or is it just the sh- the, the fear? It's the fear of, of, the, of being criticised. It is because sadly. There's a lot of chatty patties. I can't believe you use that term. Um, there's but a lot it's, of, a re- it's real. There's a lot of people that gossip. Mm-hmm. And, and and you'll see, like, if you go online and, you know, you may Google, like, Asian comedians that are just reign in Canada and stuff like that, and they will make light and make jokes of the fact that all some people do, Indian, we call them aunties, yeah? They're mm-hmm. aunties. Everyone's an auntie. Yeah. What they do is sit there and gossip about what this kid's doing, what kid this, this, this kid's doing, and then big up their own kids. And what it becomes is rivalry. That's what it does. That's right. I've seen, I've seen, um, I've seen people fall out over their kids. Right, and now what we have now, which is what I, our parents, or not our parents, but you know, parents of our from our communities, we have now translated that into social media. Yeah, the pressure we put ourselves under that these kids are under to maintain a facade every single day. That's in a, that's in itself is inherent. That's inherited from there. But I don't necessarily think it's just kids. I think as adults, we're under peer pressure too. What the keeping up with the Joneses and keeping all that. Keeping up with the Joneses, and you know, from my personal experiences, that I I moved out, I moved out of home at the age of thirty four. Okay. So by by most people's standards, I'm an old guy moving out home. I lived at home too long. You need to be part I, of the indie community. You're fine. You're your baby. Know, I know, but it's crazy because people were kept on saying. Oh, you know, you should have your own place by now. Right. You should have your own place by now. The pressure. You should have your own place yeah. by now. So it kind of made me feel away. But little did they know, I was, even though I was at home for such a, a long, long period of time, I managed to save up a property deposit in two or three years. Right, right. Because right. I was even at home. And a lot of people who say you should have your own place are throwing money away with by renting. Right. And that's not to, you know, I'm not trying to draw lines where I'm a homeowner, you're a renter. But it's almost like every my grandma used to say, Everybody's dinner is not ready at the same time. Yes, right? that's a great and one. And as basic as it sounds, it's like <laughs> everyone's time frame is is different. different. I remember I passed my driving test. Right, I passed my driving test when I was thirty. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of people say that's too late. I told people oh, I passed my driving test. First thing they said is, "Oh, how many minors did you get?" Or you haven't passed. You just you haven't passed your driving test yet. Now it's, "Do you have a car? Why don't you have a car?" Check this out. On on top of that, so. Um, my wife, before she was my wife, you know, I you know dated here and there. People would ask, "Do you have a car?" No, that for them was write off. That's it. Mm. We're done. Some people don't want to do foot patrol, bro. No, but it's not about foot patrol. They don't care if I'm a nice person or not. Yeah, they don't also, care if I'll treat you right. And also, they don't want to walk. <laughs> but they don't want to walk, and they're not paying for no oyster. They're going because you don't drive. They would happily be with somebody mm-hmm. that drives, but treats them like shit, mm. Mm. because that's what they associate. That's the value they associate with. Because the pressure of what it is of going, they they don't want to go to their parents and go. Oh yeah, here's a nice guy. 
yeah, treat but, me well he take care of me he don't drive but back in the day though well, and one thing I do respect about the older generations and this is where we're going to get deep now yeah. the older generations they wouldn't marry each other not necessarily based on what they had at the time but if someone had some ambition okay so he hasn't got a car but he's got this idea he works hard we'll get the car together Oftentimes now it's the um, very few of us want to build relationships, yes. but a lot of us want ready-made relationships. Yeah. You, we just want to we just want to you know slip into the role. But it's like Dr. Dre said on the two thousand and one album, "Who is the biggest pimp on planet Earth?" <laughs> Her mama. <laughs> and uh, we laugh, we laugh, but oftentimes, oftentimes, you know, we we're men, and you know when we were. Uh, going down that path in terms of wanting to marry, and you know we went to speak to you know parents and whatnot. I know that I felt a certain pressure that I had to have a certain amount of money saved and I just needed to come across prepared and that I had thought things through. And I understand the concern yes, of, of, course. of parents of and course. I think I think it's valid. But that's another form of pressure, pressure as well because you have to almost live up to a certain expectation but you don't know what the expectation is until it's presented to you. Can it's you ima- crazy. Can you imagine the amount of relationship that never came to fruition because of these... What I would describe as trivial things. I know a at few, the end of it. I know a few. Like I know, I know stories of um, people who, or young men who, you know, in the church, for example, would see a young lady and be interested. They would talk and you know try and develop a relationship. But no, she's she's the pastor's daughter, and you're not a minister. No, this ain't going. This ain't happening. So we associate these things as values, and if we don't meet these criteria, yeah, it's, and, we, oft- and oftentimes it's an unseen, unsaid criteria. You don't know about the criteria until it doesn't work for you. So could peer pressure, we talked, about, we talked about earlier, could it be a good thing, though? I think so. I think so. Could it, could it, could it, could it give us a kind of a moral compass? Or I said earlier about the experiences that we have that then almost define us to be who we are. Yeah, I think it's good. Like, for example, you know, I was around a lot of people who were buying homes and stuff and, right. you know, preparing for marriage and stuff. So it kind of put pressure on me in a good way, in the sense that... You, Motivated you. Yeah, you have to, you know, you have to be more disciplined with your money. For example, Chris, um, and you have to have a plan, and you know you can't just be spending your money all or willing or willy nilly. And you know, even though I'm still flawed in many ways, but you also have to develop yourself on a personal and a spiritual level in order to you know be the best possible version of yourself when that time comes. So it was good that I was around people who had a similar kind of a, a similar kind of mentality. Good peer pressure is like okay, someone does something wrong to you, and you got a gun in your hand. And you're ready to go and shoot the gun and kill somebody. Good prayer pressure is a friend that will say, no, don't do that. Put the gun down. Or, you know what? I'm going to take this gun from you and we're going to throw it in the river. That's a good form of peer pressure. Good prayer pressure that can save lives and save your life. That's good peer pressure. Because, yeah, because those people are not necessarily competing with you. They're trying to improve. They're trying to do... They're more focused on self-improvement. Yeah. So self-improvement for you mm-hmm. and self-improvement for themselves. Because, and this comes down to something we'll talk about in another episode... Um, which is that competitiveness, which, you know, peer pressure then drives and society that drives it. When we, are st- we, when we start competing with each other, we stop wanting to innovate, right? So we're trying to get a one-upmanship on each other. You, you know what kind of competitiveness is bad? Mm. Competitiveness in relationships. Yes. You know, when, when boyfriend, girlfriend and husband and wife start competing with each other. Ooh. Chris Rock talks. You need to watch the Chris Rock special because he talks about that too. Yeah, I'm gonna like, watch it. Tonight. You don't. You you have to. Eat, and I completely agree with this. That you have to learn when to lead and when to step back, right? And it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a give and take. Mm-hmm. It's not just a give and a take, take, take. It's it's a bit of both. But 
if you are always competing with each other and you feel like you're on top in a relationship, mm-hmm. whether it be a friendship, whether it be a working relationship, whether it be a loving relationship, what you end up doing then is becoming in a defensive position. Mm-hmm. Right, so when you're in a defensive position, I'll, I'll take a football analogy. If you're Man City and you're top, what you're now trying to do now is pretend you're trying to protect your position. Yeah, absolutely. So you're not you're now looking at oh, what do I do now? The pressure starts kicking in, and, and it's natural. Know. It's natural. You know, we're humans. You know, we're on top. We want we we want to stay there. The world promotes that narrative. It's lonely at the top, and yada yada yada. So you want you want to stay at the top, but my man, competitive. I'm not a competitive person. I'm only competitive when it comes to rapping or like, Mario Kart. Yeah, no, everyone gets washed. But oh, wow. I'm just not... Like, for example, like, I know some people that just hate to lose at games. You know, board right. games, they just hate to... You know, video games, they just hate to lose. You know, right. They're competitive. And, that, and that's cool. But when it gets to the point that, you know, you're, you're competitive when it comes to things that don't really matter. Yeah. And when it comes to things where you should be a team, mm-hmm. that's where the problem is for me. Okay. That's where the problem is for me. Okay. But sometimes competitiveness is good. Friendly competition is a good thing. Carrying on from competition, um, I want to briefly touch upon social media and the pressure we feel. There's been many a time. Now, I haven't been on social media all that much. One, I work within the sphere every day, all day. So sometimes I need a break from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I recognize its, uh, its advantages. And there's a hell of a lot in this technology. And people complain about technologies, about how you use it. Um, don't complain about the technology. Complain about how you don't use it to its advantage. But anyway, there's been many a time where I would write a tweet, Facebook post, Instagram, and then go, no, discard it. The only time I gave into pressure recently was when I bought those Rockefeller Air Force Ones. Yeah, you were gassed. And I called you and I said, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, I called you and I said, why did I do that? Yeah, you, you were confused. It, it seemed like it was a bit of a, a, a flippant purchase. It was a flippant purchase. But I can't talk because I've just spent £400 on a Switch. You're crazy. Well, I've got a Switch too. But anyway, you're crazy, Chris. Yeah. But no, um, I bought two games with it though. Just that's fine, that's know. fine. But I, I've done that so many times where I've had to check myself to go, what am I doing this for? Mm. What's the intent? Right, and it's the why. I always drill down to the why. So may I, may I ask you a question and let's be honest with, Hit with me. each other. Have you ever posted something on social media as a result of peer pressure? I because you wanted attention or likes and shares? Yes. That kind of, cur- that social currency. Yes. Right. 100%. I've done the same. Because you know why? <laughs> you, know, you know Facebook memories? Mm-hmm. So I want to talk more on this on the social media episode. But um, on Facebook memories, it comes up and it says, you know, four years ago you wrote and seven years ago you shared. Some of those things are quite embarrassing, though, you know. I read. Because you realize how much you've grown as a person. Sometimes you're like, I don't even feel this way anymore. I read some of these quotes yeah. when I was, you know, Mr. Sumit Sharma, Hip Hop Chronicle, life coach. Lo- love doctor. Like, lo- love doctor. <laughs> I look back and I show my wife and she's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Because mm-hmm. we joke about, you know, these quotes that people put online, these memes yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah. We, you, were, you were running the game for a minute with the quotes. I was. And a lot of them were my own. Like, right. there's some things that I would just generally feel and put out there because I felt the need to share. I look back on it and go, yeah, it could have been a need to share, but could it just been a thing of me being vanity? 
Is it me just going be narcissistic to go? Oh, I want to score points here. I want the currency. Now I'm going to go in deep. Now. The currency of social media, mm. right? We're having an exchange here for likes, comments, shares, and follows. I'm going to do this, and you're going to do that, but, and exchange is done and are completed. But some people don't know what the scientific side effects of those things are because when you feel good, it releases a chemical. Yeah, endorphins. Yeah, and, do- and dopamine. Right. Right? And it's addictive. Right. So and when s- the high wears off, what do you do? We go again. You go back, and now we're fiends. I feel. Uh, a certain amount of peer pressure being in my mid thirties, uh, just where it, when it comes to where people think I should be yes. in life. So you know, I've got a lot of friends who are homeowners, and sometimes you know you see them put up pictures of their homes and stuff, and their homes look awesome. Right, like some of these homes they look really nice, and I'm not right. talking about you know size or it kind of being any kind of grandiose right. type of image, but I've seen people put up pictures of their home, then I start looking around in my home. Or maybe I should put a picture of her. <laughs> or, you know, I need a, I need a rug. I really do need a rug. Right. But, um, you know, do I, do I need a rug? And it's kind of just like vanity. I sometimes feel this. I, sometimes, I do sometimes feel it's vanity. But then it's hard to gauge it because you don't know what the intent of the person is. Maybe that yeah. person is like, you know what? I've worked so hard for this and I want to share it with people. I get that part. That, I, that was the Rockefeller thing. That was the Rockefeller thing. That's why I did that. No yeah. idea why. I'm stupid. Like real, real talk. It's stupid. I I love the rock. I love my Air Force Ones. But n- know what? That was stupid. Yeah. But you know what? It's funny because I said, I said on a song, um, we've gone from bad to worse. Once upon a time, we used to pray before we eat. Yes. Now we take a picture first. And I see a lot of people. They'll be taking pictures of what they eat, and it's great because some of the food looks awesome. But the thought hit me one day. When was the last time we bought a meal for somebody who needed it? Yeah. When was the last time we bought a meal for a homeless for a homeless person? Yeah, I can't remember the last time I did yeah. that. Christmas and all these these periods of the years that you know people taking pictures. This is what I have. This is what someone bought me. This is awesome, and I don't like doing that because I'm thinking of the people who don't have it. Yeah, and it could become it could come across as glowing. And a lot of people say, "Well, I've worked hard for this. I should be able to show people what I have and stuff." And you know, by all means, do what you got to do, but. I bought okay. I bought a Nintendo Switch on Sunday. I'm the happiest man in the world. I've got Mario Kart in the house now. But that's my happiness. That's my experience. Yeah. These are my holidays. These are yes. my memories. Why do I have to share it? I don't with everybody. It's just making things that were once sacred not sacred anymore. And yeah. I don't, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, definitely. And we'll talk about it more on on the next one. Um, I sometimes don't like to talk about things that are going good in my life and bad. I'm a very private person. That. Damn, you know I was in a car accident like a couple of days ago. Yeah, but you here though, innit? You here. But you here. But with a lorry, I could I could You're black cancer, bro. <laughs> yeah. You but got the, that vibranium in your in your in your in your bones, fam. You but, know what I mean? But but imagine if I'd gone and the urge to go on social media and go, oh my god, I've and people do that. Yeah. Each their own. But yeah. I think there has to be a, a limit. But I think we should we should leave it for the social media episode, which we will yeah. definitely we're, talk we're, about. Because we're, we're, we're dogging social media here a little bit and and, and and what it represents. But actually, I want to also touch upon its advantages and how it's brought us all it's, together. And, and, you know, the great things. And the great things, yeah. right? It's brought the world together in a lot so of ways. So we've got so. some people to thank now. Yeah, so I want to thank man like Darnell. I want to thank John Robinson at Cleek Productions for, for providing this lovely recording space. And I want to thank you, the listener, and all the people who are listening to the Breaking Atoms podcast. Remember, remember, do remember, a la DJ Clue. <laughs> we are on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Break the Atoms. Desert Storm. Okay, you're turning this into a Rockefeller advert. Like, what is wrong with you, dude? I love. Ro- like, what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> Come on. Yo, man. the first time I saw a rock chain, 
Like you know, like Gollum. Did you steal it? No. No hell no. When I the first time I saw Rock Chain, you know how Gollum's eyes. In, oh, if you've not seen Lord of the Rings, no, but when no. he sees the One Ring and his that eyes opens trash. up when he sees um, F- Frodo, his eye and he jumps. Ah! That film is garbage. Yo, the Rock Chain is special, bro. I mean, I would wear one. Yeah, I would wear one. But 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 we're closing the show. Okay. Break the atoms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you go on iTunes and please subscribe. So every time we release a new episode, it comes directly to your phone or your third-party podcast app. And make sure you leave a review on iTunes. We would like five stars and just give us some feedback. <laughs> Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. And you know, when it comes to stuff you don't like, we may listen. Um, but it's just it just depends on how we feel that day. Peace.